I'll visit with shop owners that swear the sky is falling, and these are surely the worst of times. But in the same day, I'll visit with other owners that tell me they're absolutely killing it, making more money, realizing greater profits than they ever have. They've got happy technicians that are banking some of the largest checks they've ever made in their careers. The shop is more than just surviving. They are thriving. So how can there be such a great divide? Great question, right? Welcome to the Mind Wrench Podcast with your host, Rick Sellover, where minor adjustments produce major improvements in mindset, personal growth, and success. This is the place to be every Monday where we make small improvements and take positive actions in our business and personal lives that will make a major impact in our success, next-level growth, and quality of life. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the MindWrench Podcast. This weekly show is the personal and professional development podcast designed primarily for those serving the automotive repair industry, where we share simple, yet effective strategies with personal and practical insights on mindset, self-improvement, and leadership that anyone can use for a more successful shop and a next-level life. I'm your host, Rick Silover. Thanks so much for tuning in and spending a few minutes with me today. I truly hope you find something of value here. If you haven't done so already and you really like what I'm sharing here, please hit the subscribe button so you never miss another episode. And make sure you share this podcast with others because when you share the show, the show grows and I get to help more people. And that's why I do this podcast. This may not surprise you, but not a single day goes by in my role within this industry that I've been a part of for over 40 years that I don't hear a shop manager, fixed operation director, independent owner, or even dealership principal voice a complaint, a bellyache, dissatisfaction with, or feeling of despair with our auto or collision repair industry. These complaints very widely are described uniquely with multiple ranges of intensity, spicy language, or what I'll call enthusiasm, but it all seems to parallel a few very common themes. This industry is going to hell in a handbag. Or with all this new technology, these vehicles are just too hard to repair anymore. Them damn insurance companies and their DRPs are controlling this whole industry. You can't make money in collision repair these days. But by and large, the most common complaint or statement that seems to be on the tip of every shop owner's tongue is, I can't find any new techs. I can't replace the techs I've lost or that are aging out. I don't know how I can hold on to the techs I have right now. Followed quickly by their opinions that, number one, there's a labor shortage. Number two, nobody wants to get into the trades anymore. Number three, this younger generation just doesn't want to work. Now, while these are valid observations of how their world looks, or more importantly, feels like to them, They're still just their own opinions, and opinions don't make those statements facts. As a matter of fact, I have dealt with hundreds of shops and shop owners over my career, and what I can assure you of is this. Those opinions or observations are not true for everyone. I'll visit with shop owners that swear the sky is falling, and these are surely the worst of times. But in the same day, I'll visit with other owners that tell me they're absolutely killing it, making more money, realizing greater profits than they ever have. They've got happy technicians that are banking some of the largest checks they've ever made in their careers. The shop is more than just surviving. They are thriving. So how can there be such a great divide? Great question, right? Well, there's several reasons for this, and I have my own theories on that. But in its most basic form, it goes right to mindset, which is formed by one's life experiences 
past failures and successes, beliefs in our own abilities or lack of, willingness to commit to changes that, that we may need to make, and even generational differences. While being an optimist isn't mandatory to solve this dilemma, being a bullheaded pessimist and unwilling to try to look for solutions through a little more positive lens will most certainly prevent you from gaining a more favorable result. But before we dive into solutions for the problem at hand, you know, finding and retaining technicians, let's take a minute to dispel a few of those less than encouraging statements or assumptions. Well, number one, the industry is going to hell in a handbag. Or, with all this new technology, these vehicles are just too hard to repair anymore. Really? Has the repair industry changed in the last five or ten years? It sure has. Are today's vehicles more complicated and technical than ever before? Oh, yeah. Does it require different skill sets than it did 10 years ago? You bet. But honestly, show me what other parts of our world has not changed in the past 5 to 10 years. The rapid and consistent changes in our world and the technology advances that we must face has been massive and never-ending for all of us in all aspects of our life. But we do adapt, don't we? We don't rent DVDs from Blockbuster or local video stores and have cable TV anymore. No, we stream what we want to watch through Netflix. We no longer write checks and mail in our bills. We pay all our bills and utilities online. We don't take taxis to the airport anymore. We have Uber or Lyft pick us up and drop us off and take us anyplace else that's less than convenient for us to drive to. We order takeout from Grubhub and DoorDash. We have Instacart and Shipped do our grocery shopping for us and deliver it right to our door. We schedule all of our medical appointments through an app online. Our banking no longer requires physical visits. The list goes on and on and on. Now, today's vehicles have had great advances in technology as well. Occupant safety, functionality, crash avoidance, reliability, and self-diagnostics. Most all vehicles now have built-in software that'll help tell us with quick scan what areas of concern still need to be addressed after a repair. There are widely accessible written procedures with step-by-step -step instructions to help us perform all needed repairs, the way the automaker intended them to be done. And you can even watch videos on how to do many repairs by just searching YouTube. Going to hell in a handbag? I don't think so, Tim. How about the insurance companies and their DRPs are controlling the industry? Insurance companies write the auto policies and pay for most, if not all, of the repairs. That much is true. But if they truly controlled the industry, how would you explain the fact that there's many professional shops that make very good profits on repairs, charge for everything they need to do to repair the vehicles correctly to OEM specs, are able to articulate this to the insurance companies, back it up with documentation, and get paid? While other shops don't follow these steps, don't bill for everything done, accept what the insurance company tells them they won't pay for, and end up with less profitable repairs. Now, it's just me, but if the insurance companies had control, wouldn't everyone be less profitable doing the exact same work? Remember, no one's holding a gun to your head, making you sign up for those DRPs, and agree to do certain procedures that they tell you up front that they do not pay for. That is always your choice. Have you ever looked in the mirror and said to yourself, how come I'm not further along than this? Or why can't I ever seem to get ahead? Are you frustrated with life? Unsure of your future, wanting to make a change in your current situation, but too scared to make that next move? Maybe you want to reach that next level in life or in your business, but not sure what the right move is. Or maybe you feel the best thing to do is nothing at all. 
Many of you may not know, but along with hosting my own weekly podcast, I'm a personal development, mindset, business, and life coach, where I focus on helping people with self-development, mindset, and how to make positive changes in their lives. And trust me, with all the negativity we've had to deal with these past two years, I think we all need some positivity, a positive change, and a fresh approach to our life or our business in 2022. Sometimes, talking to the right person can make all the difference. If you really want to start making those changes in your life, take action right now. Reach out and email, text, call, or direct message me as soon as possible. Do it right now. I'll set you up with a free consultation call and pre-qualify you for either the one-on-one or business coaching that you really need to get your life or your business on the right track to success. Appointments are available right now. How about, you just can't make money in this trade anymore? Today's vehicles have more repair procedures, more non-included items, more access to written instructions and OEM repair procedures than any time in collision repair history. And due to the fear of liability and being dragged into court, seems like the insurance companies have been covering a lot more procedures than ever before. Average RO values have risen sharply over the last five years. Most shops have been extremely busy this first quarter of the year, with backlogs several weeks or even months long. You absolutely can, and many are, making more money than ever before. Now, some of you may not fully agree with all my observations that dispel these common, bogus assumptions, and that's okay. These are just the things that I see every day in our industry. But in dispelling the most common gripe, our industry's number one complaint, you can't find any new or replacement techs anymore, I'll need to go a little deeper. This week, I'll give you four tips on how to attract new techs to your shop, and more importantly, retain the great ones that you already have. But i got to warn you up front, this will not be easy. It'll require some work on your end. And you may not be able to implement the things I lay out in these four tips because you may get stuck on tip number one and just can't move forward. I'm just being honest with you here, okay? All right, let's get going. Number one, check your big ego at the door. Yep, you heard me right. Check your big ego at the front door before you enter your shop. Hey, but I don't have a big ego. Really? Try asking someone close to you, maybe a friend or family member, or someone that works for you that knows they can be honest and tell you the truth. Most shop owners, not all, have varying degrees of ego, from you know barely noticeable to completely unbearable. But your unchecked ego costs you right now and will continue to cost you each day in more ways than you can imagine. Your unchecked ego can tell everyone in your business that, hey, I'm the boss, I'm the big cheese, Nobody is more important than you. Your ego tells everyone in your employee that it's all about you. Don't forget whose name is on the building. This is my shop, my business, I built. And without me, you people wouldn't have a job. Your big ego can disempower your team to make decisions, to voice new ideas, suggest improvements or better ways to do things. Your unchecked big ego usually demotivates your team and can cause them to be less productive and also looking for other places to work. If you want to hold on to the crew that you have and be the kind of leader others would want to work for, you need to check your ego at the door before you step into that shop. Being more humble is not a sign of weakness. Being on the floor and working shoulder to shoulder with your techs on something, grabbing the broom to sweep up, cleaning the bathroom or lunchroom doesn't make you any less of a leader. Asking for input from your team on equipment selection before making final decisions, stall space reorganizing for better production, 
Having daily release meetings that allow open discussions or even something as simple as asking your technicians what style of communications works best for them, not you, can make them feel like they're appreciated members of your team, not soldiers in your unit taking orders and afraid to make a mistake and be stripped of their rank. Being a servant leader means not acting like or expecting to be treated like you're better than or superior to your employees. Having an atmosphere that allows those to work for you to feel safe enough to have honest conversations with you, discuss concerns within the shop that could be improved, or to be able to tell you that they don't understand something or need help without fearing backlash or retribution. Understanding that you may have an oversized ego and taking steps to minimize its effects on your team can make a massive shift in the spirit of your shop and make it a more desirable place to work. Now, I know this is a tough step, and a lot of you may struggle getting past this. You may not truly believe you have an ego problem. And I hate to tell you, but I've dealt with hundreds of owners, and a lot of them do have an ego problem. They just don't see it. But if you ask somebody close to you for an honest opinion, chances are they'll say, yeah, you know what, you are just a little bit egotistical at times. And listen, a certain degree of that is what makes us uh, the leaders that we are. It's made us get to where we are in life to a certain degree. But at some point, you got to stop and look at yourself honestly and go, am I the kind of person that I would want to work for? Do I inspire others or do I shield myself from others? Do I work with them or I have them work for me? I mean, there's there's a big distinction there. And you need to take an honest look at yourself. If you can get past this first step and you can adjust your ego and tame it down a bit and get control, you'll probably make it through the rest of these steps and really be able to make some serious changes in your shop. Okay, on to number two. Design your shop to attract new techs. Now, this may sound simple and self-explanatory, or you may take this as, holy crap, I have to redo my old shop. Well, it's neither. What this means is your shop was designed consciously, you know, like uh, on purpose, like it's designed to resemble maybe a NASCAR garage. Subconsciously, you know, it kind of ended up like what you imagined in your mind's eye for a few years. Or unconsciously. I don't know, that's just where they dropped the frame rack off and the air compressor and you just built around it. But your shop was, to agree, designed, good or bad, clean or messy, but ultimately desirable or undesirable to those that work there or any future prospects. You will definitely need an outside opinion on your shop to assess this. Have someone from another profession, maybe a manufacturer's or vendor's rep, or heck, you can even contact me for help. But get opinions from others outside your shop to let you know what turns them off to your place of business. Ask them specifically what areas need attention. These days, there's many shops that are clean, organized, well-lit, climate-controlled, comfortable places with clean, modern office areas, modern tools and equipment, and somewhere to take a break or lunch that's not dirty, noisy, and smells like plastic filler. There are some that rival banks, coffee shops, even medical facility offices. Any techs that you wish to gain as new employees have a lot of options out there when they decide to make a change. And if you don't have most of these concerns addressed, your shop, regardless of the work or the pay scale, will not make this list of final considerations. It won't take a major investment to make most of these changes, but it will take some investments in time, effort, and money to make your shop a more desirable facility to work in. Remember, technicians spent a good portion of their lives in your shop. In fact, more time than they spend in their own homes. So if you're not willing to put in the effort to make a better place to be at, you'll find it very difficult to attract new employees and increasingly tough to hang on to the ones you already have. 
but this actually goes on beyond simple aesthetics of your shop. This also means you need to create a friendly team atmosphere within those cleaner, brighter walls. Employees want to feel like they belong, like they're wanted there, like they're part of the family, part of a team, to be celebrated and to know others have their backs. This costs zero dollars, but it does cost some emotional investment to actually care about your employees. But it doesn't take that much. Little things like, you know, Taco Tuesday or barbecue grilling on select Fridays, celebrating birthdays with a cake and ice cream and lunch for the whole crew, team member of the month recognition, hosting a cruise night or car shows at your lot, inviting all your employees, or hundreds of other little ways to keep everyone engaged and excited to be working there. Create an exciting atmosphere around your shop. These changes made here, whether large or small, can have the greatest impact on the desirability of your shop and your ability to not only attract new team members, but more importantly, keep your loyal existing techs happy to keep showing up there. Number three, train and invest in your people. One thing I've learned is certain over the years is that humans are born to constantly grow, learn new skills and abilities, and gain knowledge. I've experienced this myself. When I'm learning something new or overcoming a new challenge is when I feel most alive and my self-worth, my self-esteem are at their highest. Your technicians are no different. While you may not realize it or turn a blind eye, when they're working 40 to 50 hours a week, month after month, year after year, and not getting any additional training or education, their self-worth, their motivation, and satisfaction with their work and their life is slowly declining. In simple terms... You're either climbing up or you're sliding down that mountain of life. There is no middle ground. Setting up a consistent training schedule is not difficult, and there's a variety of resources right at your fingertips every week. But you just don't see it, nor take advantage of it. You can have your own internal training sessions on better process improvements in the shop, or your vendors and suppliers can provide those in-house training events for your team. Lunch and learns with an abrasive supplier. Maybe get in a plastic welder demo. Having your paint manufacturer review some new products at your shop. Welding certifications. Job costing overview for the paint department. 5S training. Blueprinting. The list goes on and on and on. While there's multiple resources available just at the shop level, it's also highly recommended to send your technicians off-site to outside training occasionally. So whether it's a paint class or a frame measuring class, Cover the cost of training and lodging for them to be out of town for a day or so. This is not a free day off you're paying for. It's an investment in your business to have the best trained technicians doing repairs correctly and efficiently. Sometimes the best tips and strategies come from the other techs that they're around during those off-site training events. And being away from the shop allows them to stay focused on what's being taught without disruptions. And I'm sure you've heard this quote before, but it's absolutely true. Well, what if I invest in training of my people and they leave? Well... What if you don't and they stay? Lastly, number four, celebrate and promote and love your crew. This is simple and once again, won't really cost you anything but some attention and some emotional investment in your greatest assets, your people. Celebrate the small victories and milestones your employees hit, or even some major difficulties that they've overcome. Like a tech that's turned in a record week, hours-wise, perfect attendance for three months, completed his or her first ADAS calibration job or work anniversary. Make a big deal out of it. Involve the whole crew. Announce it on your Facebook page or post it in the front office as well in the production area. They would never tell you to your face, 
but I have never met anyone that didn't like being recognized or celebrated for something. Don't be afraid to promote any of your employees up the ladder or to a more difficult job responsibility. People are designed to grow and improve, so allow that in your business. If you have a great porter, don't keep him or her in that role forever because they're a great porter. Advance them up to a new, more important role or a better paying position. And then hire another porter that'll grow into be a great new porter. You probably didn't know, but younger workers crave a career path. They want to know where they start, what it takes to get to the next spot, and ultimately what they could grow into. Don't be afraid to get creative with titles either. It's your shop. You can have any title you please in your crew. Instead of porter, try transportation manager or maintenance supervisor. Instead of painter's helper, how about assistant refinish technician? Instead of a CSR, how about customer experience facilitator? Whatever, you get the idea. Have some fun with it. And I guarantee you with a unique title, your employees will feel even better about the position in your shop and where they work. And I know this last piece may make you feel a little uncomfortable and you may think this whole subject is a little too touchy-feely. But don't get so stuck in your head with your overblown ego to think you can't throw a little love on your people. Humans have six basic needs, one of them which is to be loved by others. And that doesn't mean physical love. Let's keep the HR department out of this. But I mean that simple feeling that somebody actually cares about you, is there for you, and ultimately wants you to be happy. I've experienced this in several jobs over my career. Had great jobs with great bosses that I stayed at even during tough times because I knew my boss really cared about me, had interest in me and other employees' lives, and was not afraid to throw a little love on his crew. And that made it easy to get up each morning and happy to go back to work for another day. As you can see, it's not some magical wand you wave, or being the highest paying shop in your market, or having a specially built building that causes great techs to flock to your shop from another. It just takes an owner that cares enough to implement these tips to attract and retain great employees. Someone that is not too proud to admit he or she may need to make some serious adjustments and change the atmosphere in their own business to become a more desirable place to work. Just follow those four simple steps. Number one, lose your ego. Without putting your ego in check, nothing else you do matters. Two, create a desirable shop. Make your shop truly a great place to work. Number three, train and invest in your people. Don't be afraid to invest in your best assets. Four, celebrate, promote, and love your crew. Employees tend to stay where they feel wanted, valued, and have a clear career path. If you do these four simple things, you won't have to worry about that labor shortage like all your competitors. Well, that's all I got for you today. So hopefully these four tips help put you on the right path to making those changes you need to make to create that shop that technicians want to come work at and your existing techs want to stay at. If you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and rate it, share it, and leave a review. When you share this podcast with others, that's how we grow. And when the show grows, I can serve more people with my messages. I appreciate you, and I hope you have an awesome and productive week. I can always be reached at www.ricksillover.com, where you can find all my social media links, podcast episodes, blog posts, and much more. (laughs) 